glad to be able to be here today and to begin to continue. We've been going over the heart of Christmas and what it means, and, and man, I've been enjoying this. We've talked about uh, the hustle and bustle of Christmas and how, how the real meanings of Christmas can kind of get lost in, in things, and we've been talking about what is really at the heart of Christmas. Hope, remember, hope, peace, need my microphone turned up, they're saying back there. Let me move it a little bit. It's really bent funny. There you go. So we've been talking about hope, peace, joy, and I don't know if you could figure out what we're going to talk about today or not, um, but, uh, oh, love, love. The heart of Christmas. What does it mean? All right, let's pray and let's just get into it, all right? Father, I thank you so much for this morning, and I thank you for this group and this place and, and, and what this season can be. And I just ask that you would just move in our hearts and, and bring that joy, that peace, that hope that we've been talking about over the last three weeks, and, and help us to understand the love that you've brought to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, when, uh, when we talk about Christmas, and I, I loved last week because we were talking about John's gospel, of how that all the other stories of Jesus talk about Jesus being in a, in, a, in a manger, but John doesn't introduce Jesus as a baby, introduces Jesus as God. It's one gospel that's a little different. But when, when, when Christ came, he had a specific... Per- Turn me to Galatians. Galatians chapter 4. He came because he loved the world. He loved people. He loved you. And he came to make a path for us, and, and we've shared, uh, I've been sharing with you uh, just, uh, the, the, uh, just the pure blessings that God has put upon us and with his coming. He came because he loves you. Galatians chapter 4, verse 5. Actually, verse 4. I'm so sorry. Galatians 4. Let's start with verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that they might receive the adoptions of sons. You see, when we think about a God or a creator or a, a, a big God being, one of the things that's hard for many is to grasp that the purpose of Christ's coming was not so he could be a ruler, but so that we could be children. You know, I don't care who you are, you treat your children different than you treat other kids. Somehow we have a little bit more patience with our own children. Maybe not you, always did. A little more patience with your own kids, maybe. You treat your own children different. And what God wanted is he didn't want servants. God could get servants. He was God. He could get servants real easy. He could get slaves pretty easy. He didn't want servants. and didn't want slaves. He wanted children, a being that he could love in an intimate way. And when he began to make the plan, it wasn't like that Christmas and the birth of Christ was an afterthought. He had prepared for it. Matter of fact, he had prophesied he was going to do it. And when it became time, he sent his son. We celebrate Christmas because it is that time that we begin to celebrate that God came to, to, to cause us to be children, to bring us into adoptions. 
All right, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 3, 316, John 316, love this one. This is a, the, one of the, mo- most people have this memorized. I got to be honest with you, this has been a real special to me because uh, in, in the, I started driving a new truck at work and all the trucks have numbers on them. And the truck number for my new truck is 316. Yeah, it's like, which truck do you drive? It's easy for me to remember, because it's 316. So John 316, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Go on to 19. And he that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation which light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. See, God loves you. He loved you so much that he said, I'm going to send my son, I'm going to come to earth, I'm going to live on earth, I'm going to pay for your sin. And we, we share, I shared with you a little bit about the difference of Christianity where God pays to appease himself. I shared with that last week. But, so God loves you so much, and I love this. Here's the condemnation. Are you ready? What is it that condemns men from God? They love the world more than they love God. See, this is a really big thing. We think, well, people are evil. Yeah, people are evil. But here's what really gets you. You don't learn to love the one who loves you. The big condemnation that happens to us isn't that we fail. Hallelujah. (laughs) Somebody say amen. Isn't that we don't make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody fails. Says this is what's going to condemn you. Says you don't learn to love the one who loves you. Who loved you first? This is the condemnation, it says. They loved the darkness more than they loved light. God loves you. He loves you so much that he would surrender himself. He would, he would, he would give of himself. He would, he would die, pay for your sin. Do all of those things because of his love for you. What is he asking for us back? Love me. Not perfection. You guys should be shouting hallelujah. <laughs> Not perfection. Not that you're never going to make an error, you're never going to make a mistake, but that, do you love me back? Amen. Is it really that simple? I don't know. Ask a parent. Is it really that simple as a parent? Do your children love you back? Isn't that what you want? You know they're going to make mistakes. You know they're going to mess up. You know, they're gonna, you know all of that stuff is true. Learning to love God. The idea of Christmas is about the love of Christ. And every time I, I think about this time of year and I think about all that God has done for me, and I think about the, 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 the many things that, where I failed him, and I'm going I'm to talk about that a little bit, but let's turn to 1 John. Matthew, 1 John, so not Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. This is 1 John. This is toward the end of your Bible, but 1 John Chapter 4, 1 John, chapter 4, verse 7. <clears throat> the bottom line is that 
God is a God who wants love. I, 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 uh, I, have, some, I have some people, friends, and, and I know people, uh, I, I've, you know, been, I've been doing this a while, and I've met about every kind of uh, religious person you can imagine. And I know a lot of people, and they study this word, and they study this word, and they study this word, and they learn, and they learn, and they learn, and they get a whole bunch of head knowledge. But you can just tell when they're talking to you, they don't really love you. They don't really care about you. And I, I was reading this last week, and I read that scripture. It said, if you don't love, you don't know God. Because if you know God, you're going to love. If you know God, you're going to love. And I think sometimes it's hard because with our mind, we want to understand the word, we want to learn, we want to grow. But in reality, if we don't learn to love, as Paul said, it's like tinkling cymbals. It doesn't have any meaning. As we're talking about the heart of worship, as the heart of Christmas, I just can't leave out that one of the greatest parts of Christmas is love. It's not gifts. You ever think about what you're going to say? I, I, there's this whole list we could come up with, the, the responses. You know, when you get that gift that you didn't really need or want. Doesn't matter, does it? Because that's not what it's about. It's about the heart. Well, the heart of Christmas is that God loves us. And that we should understand that love and be ready to give that love back. All right, so with that, we're in John. I love this. You're talking to the church and telling the church, listen, this is what I want you to do. In John chapter 4, verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. And he that loves not doesn't know God, for God is love. Uh, go ahead, we're going to read through nine. And in this was manifest the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. God started it. God loved you first. Before you loved him, he loved you. God loved you first. And then he says, I want you to love one another. I want you to love one another. Now listen, I've been... Uh, I've been pastoring for almost 30 years. I've been in ministry for almost 40 years. Do you know what I found out as pastor? When you start loving people, some things happen. One of the things that happens when you start loving people is you, you start finding some people that love you back. So I'm going to tell you a little story. Pat didn't know I was going to do this. And he snuck, he, he snuck up here because he's a little hard of hearing. But let me tell you something about Pat. 38 years ago, my wife and I were married quite young, but we were also in ministry very young. She did not get her driver's license until after we were married. And we had a youth group. And I had an old 66 Ford Falcon. It was the only car I had. Still have it. And um, we started a youth group in a little church. And... I would go to the church, and we started picking up kids who were not normally in the church, okay? And you couldn't trust them to leave them there by themselves. But we couldn't get them all there in one trip. So I would bring the first trip. My wife just had a learner's permit. And Pat didn't know I was going to say this, but 38 years ago, used to ride with my wife as she would go make trips into town and bring people into church. Remember that? Trip after trip after trip to get the teens to come to church. 
for our youth group. When you love, sometimes you find relationships that last a lifetime. And those relationships go on forever. But let me tell you something else. When you love, you also find yourself betrayed. I have, I have found myself in situations. Now, this is not a pity party. I just want to be real with you, okay? I'll be real with you. I, I, I've spent my whole life just wanting to serve God, just wanting to do for God what, what he has done for me. I spent my life wanting to serve him. And I found myself working in churches in many situations. And, and uh, this particular youth group that I told you about, that Pat and I were there, the, the board of that church decided that, um, long story, and I don't, I don't want to give you all, they decided they didn't want us there anymore. And the board had a meeting and they voted us out due to lack of interest. Not our interest, they weren't interested well, why, Pastor Dale? Well, because we were bringing kids. They'd find cigarettes in the bathroom. I'm, I'm just being honest. I mean, we were bringing some rough people into the church, and they didn't like it. We got in trouble. They wanted me to have the kids go across the street and smoke because the kids were going outside and smoking, and they finding cigarette butts. I said, if I send those kids across the street to have cigarettes, they're not coming back. <laughs> they're all going to go over there, and, I, and they voted us out. And I, w- I, I was kind of crushed by that. I, I was giving my heart and my life, and I felt betrayed. It took me a while to recover from that. Later, I got involved in another church, and the Lord began to move and, and, and bless and, and, and grow. And the little, it was a little tiny church, and it, it began to grow right down in downtown Sutherland, and it started growing. And the Lord was doing something really unique there in that little building. And the pastors got, um, I, I, sounds like I'm, I'm a big church splitter, but I wasn't. But the pastors got jealous because the pastor took a vacation, and while the pastor was gone, he had me take over, and the church grew while he was gone. And they came down and said, you're, you're hindering this work, and you need to leave. My heart was so crushed. All I wanted to do was serve the Lord. When you love and you give, you will be betrayed, okay? It's truth. It happens. I've had friends that can't separate the office of pastor from our friendship. I had friends that we were friends before I became pastor. And one of the things that's very difficult, and you're going to find, if you speak to many pastors, you'll find this to be true. Sometimes it's hard for a pastor to have really close friends because it's hard for people to separate pastor from their friend. And they'll get offended at the church and leave the church and leave their friend. And I've lost many friends through the years. I've had great hurts and pains because of loving. I've found people that have lied about me. Um, I, I, I've had people go in and tell out, out in lies that things that, that I, they said I did, I've never done, I didn't do. My heart, I, I, I'll confess it. Have I been perfect? Lord, no. And then I discovered something. I discovered that I had done every one of those things to my God. I had betrayed him. I had lied about him. 
I had turned away from him. I had denied him. I realized I had done every one of those things to my God. And he left me anyway. And I had to say to myself, if, if I knew, if I would have known that those guys were going to betray me, would I have loved him? And I have to say, I don't think so. <laughs> that would have been a different relationship. Pastor Dale, you're supposed to do it anyway. You get religious on your own time. The truth is that I know they were going to betray me. I might have addressed that entire situation differently, but I didn't know. But God knew. He knew I would betray him. He knew I would fail him. He knew I would do all of those things, and he loved me anyway. And he loved me anyway. When I think about the love of God, I think about a love of a father who knowing I'm going to make mistakes, who knowing I'm going to fail, who knowing I will betray him, who knowing I will turn away with him, will still love me anyway. (laughs) That's the God of love that I'm serving. That's That's when I think about Christ and the baby and who God is and Christmas and the gift of his love. It goes beyond every, it goes beyond all of my mistakes and my errors and all those things. And he loves me anyway. Amen. I was a, uh, I kind of grew up in the 80s rock and roll time. I think I've reverted though. I, I, I think I like old hymns now more than I like rock and roll, but I, something's changed in me. But uh, I remember as a young man, I, I got saved at 18 and really surrendered my life to the Lord and began to work for the Lord on a door knocking teams. And Back then, cruising was big, and I remember one of the things that I missed the most was music, because my heart began to convict it, because, you know, the music in the 80s wasn't real good. Okay, it might have sounded good, but the lyrics were not very good. You know, Stairway to Heaven wasn't exactly a Stairway to Heaven, just saying. (laughs) Music wasn't what it should have been. I guess the world's music never has been. But I began to realize that God was calling me for something different, and I needed to find something different. And I found a rock and roll group, and, and, and they wrote a song, and uh, many songs, but one song, which is still to this day my all-time favorite song. Maybe many of you, some of you old enough to remember, and some of you may not remember, there was a big controversy about many of the old rock and roll bands started putting back masking on records. Now, you today won't even know how to do that because you don't even know what a record is. But they would put messages on these hard rock band musics and you could put it on your, on your stereo and you could turn it backwards and it would say these satanic sayings on the record. It would say it backwards. You could hear it if you would run the, back, the record backward. So Petra put this song out, and they started backmasking, and they put a message on it backwards, but they played it backwards. So if you played it backwards, it would make a message, but they put it on there so you could hear it, and it starts out, you're like, what was that? And the song starts out with, why are you looking for the world when you've already found the Lord? And then they begin to sing a song that changed my life forever, and it was called Judas Kiss. And the song has this meaning. What must it be like to you when I turn away from you? It must be like when Judas walked up to you and betrayed you with a kiss. When he kissed you and betrayed you 
with a kiss. That's what it must be like. You see, I know I have failed God many times, but he still loves me. And I know through this time, and you may go through problems, and you may have failed God a thousand times. I, I, we're not going to keep track because I've probably failed him at least as many as you, if not more. You may have failed him so many times. He still loves you. One of the greatest gifts we could ever ask for. One of the greatest. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. We have no right to it. But God still loves you. And the heart of Christmas is the love of Christ. I used to love that song, but it says, what, what must it feel like to you when I fail you again? It says, it must feel just like another thorn stuck in your brow. It must feel just like Judas's kiss. You see, God's not a God who's up there trying to find slaves. He's not a God who's up there to try to make people just do everything he's, he wants those who will love him back because he loves you. He's looking for those who will love him back. I got a whole bunch of scriptures I didn't read. Not sure I need to. That whole scripture there in 1 John, that whole chapter, it goes on to just talk about how that God is love. Last week, we talked about the propitiation in verse 10. Here's love. Not that we loved God, that he loved me first. So that if God loved me, I should love others. The bottom line is, and I, I, I'm, it's a great chapter. Read the chapter. We're going to let the kids. Can somebody let the kids know if they want to come and get their, get their program ready? I, I'm going to wrap this up. But I, I, I just want you to understand this. We serve a God who loves you. He loves you just like you are. Now he's like any parent. He'd sure like to make you better. Not looking at you. He'd sure like to make us better, but he loves you. And what he would really like is for you to recognize his love is beyond your mistakes, beyond your failures. Dale, you just don't know how many times I've failed. He still loves you. He still wants you, and he wants you to love him back. And that's the heart of Christmas. That is the heart of Christmas. Hope. We have hope in Christ. Peace. I have peace because I know in whom I have confidence. I can't believe how many people tell, I had people say, which doctor's doing your surgery? They were worried about some doctor doing this. I, I, I have peace. God's working it all out. God knows what he's doing. Turns out I got the good doctor. I knew it all along. I have peace. I have joy. What God has given to me and my family and my life, I have so much joy. And above everything, the heart of Christmas, I know that my God loves me. I know he loves me. All of my failures, all my mistakes, all my problems, all my you know, character flaws, he loves me. And I know he loves you. And that's the heart of Christmas. Let's pray. Father, this morning, I thank you for this time of year, not because of the gifts or the, all of those things, because I know the heart of God, a God who loves this world. 
He loves people so much that he would sacrifice himself. He would give himself because he loves so hard. A God who knew we would betray him and loves us anyway. A God who knew Judas would betray him and loved him anyway. A God who knew we would fail him and he loves us anyway. A God who knew we would lie about him and loves us anyway. A God who knew we would curse him and loves us anyway. That's the heart of Christmas. The heart of a God who loves us anyway. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.